It's time. It's time. Passcode accepted. Downloading the Down South IT Podcast. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you with me. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. Today, we're going to be talking passwords. Not only some bad ones that you need to really and truly avoid, which I'll get to at the end of the podcast, but I found a few articles over the weekend that are trying to lay out kind of the groundwork for the big three tech companies, Google, Microsoft, and Apple, that they're actually considering going completely passwordless. So we're going to kind of get into a little bit of the pros, the cons, some other options if you really want to do that, what's going to happen. All in all, this is going to be kind of a peek into the future. And speaking of peeking, how's that for a segue? When was the last time you peeked at the website, downsouthitpodcast.com? Everything and anything having to do with the podcast is there, including all the little build guides, links to wherever you can listen to the pro, the podcast, all the episodes of the podcast right there on the home screen if you really want to. You can follow along with the show prep that I put up there after every episode. So in case you got a link or hear something that you want to research a little bit more on yourself, you can go right there on the homepage under the player. Look for the show prep link. It'll take you right there and just go to whatever episode you happen to be on. If it happens to be an episode that you are backtracking on that's not from this season, at the bottom of the original show prep episode, the show prep page, they'll have show prep archive, and that'll have all the show prep from all the previous seasons. So if you go back and listen to something from season two or three, you can find the show prep there too. You just got to scroll down a little bit. That's all. And while you're there, look for that store link at the very top. You can take you straight to the merch store. You can pick up some cool t-shirts and a whole bunch of other cool stuff there. I did mention on the last podcast that the company that I'm using for my merch is actually going to be doing a price increase. But starting on May 1st, which is going through from now all the way until the 31st, you can negate that price increase by using the promo code RBTHANKYOU10 because they increased the, the prices 10% over the entire spectrum of all their products. So this will get you a 10% discount. That way you can basically go right back to the previous pricing that it was before. That code will be good until the 31st at midnight. So you have for the rest of the month to use it, and then the price increases become permanent. So I will adjust the prices after that too. So just to kind of get everything back in line the way it normally is. So getting right into the meat and potatoes, I found three articles on CNBC, Wired, and informationweek.com, all three having to do with moving forward into a password-free future. And to be honest, we really kind of have this already in some form. We have Windows Hello, we have fingerprint identification and PIN numbers on your phones, we have Face ID, we got physical security keys. So there's a lot of stuff that we are already using at the moment to take the place of the common 
password that we know of as we go forward. So in that sense, we kind of already are using stuff like that, but it's not for everything. You know, we use passwords for just about everything else as far as stuff you do online. You use a lot of this to actually unlock the current device that you're on, which means a lot of that facial scan, that face ID, the, the security keys, your fingerprint biometrics, the pin numbers, everything stays local on that device. There's nothing really transmitted whenever you're unlocking your phone or, unlo or logging into your computer. So what the big three are proposing, and those big three are Microsoft, Google, and Apple. Now, to wrap your head around it, when was the last time you had any, all three of those working toward the same goal on anything, which kind of makes me wonder, why are they all pushing for this now? So maybe that's just a conspiracy theorist in front of me, but that's neither here nor there. So their idea is to take stuff like that, the actual physical opening or unlocking of your device. And that would be basically the password that you would use whenever you sign into something. So you would use your Windows Hello, your fingerprint, your PIN number, something like that. Whenever you actually open your phone, that would be the physical activity needed to actually sign into a website like Facebook, like your bank, like something like that. So it, it would use a physical device. So you wouldn't really necessarily have a actual quote unquote password, but there would be some kind of action that you would have to take to be able to log on. You know, like I said, it would be either opening your phone or you would get a code on your phone, something to that effect. And we use a lot of that already as second factor authentication. We use it all the time. Something you sign into a website with your regular password They'll send you a code via text message, or you'll have to log on, you know, with an authenticator or something like that. So there's already stuff like this that we already use, but as of right now, that's all just second factor. So it's something to authenticate you as being the person that are trying to log in using that said password. What they want to do is basically use your second factor authentication as your main authentication. And that means that, you know, stuff would have to be transmitted over the internet. There are a lot of iffy things that can happen on the internet. Things can get hacked. Things can get, you know, sniffed out as far as packet sniffing and things like that. And they've already admitted that, yes, that stuff can happen. So what are a couple of positives from this? One would be there's a lot less to remember. You wouldn't have to remember all your passwords. You wouldn't have to remember what keys or anything like that, which authenticator you have to use. It would be just a lot less stuff to remember going forward whenever you're trying to get into a website. The other good thing would be that there's no actual password to hack. Usually whenever hackers breach a data system or you know a database or anything like that, that's mostly what they're using is passwords that they know are very common, which I'll get to at the end of the podcast. And that way they can get into your account or anything like that with that password, because it's very common. A lot of people use it. So that's the ones they start out with. Now, granted, this could be considered more secure because you don't actually have a password to hack. But again, there are things that can happen during transmission while they're transmitting codes and 
stuff like that to and from your phone. That's a lot of different jumping off points that somebody could intercept it. So again, this could be, you know, good on for a couple of reasons, but there's a lot of downsides to it also. So getting into the negatives, this could be a lot less secure just for the reason of you're transmitting data over the internet. Anytime you transmit anything over the internet, there's always a chance of somebody intercepting it. Always. There's just, there, there's no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it. That's just the way it is. The internet is a very unforgiving place, especially if you're not careful. What happens if you lose your device? This is one of the main questions that I was thinking of. What if you lose your phone? What if your phone gets stolen? You know, it, what happens if you happen to want to go change your phone number for some reason? All of this would be a huge hassle because everything is tied to your device. Everything would have to go through that device to be able to be authenticated. So you would need at least a secondary device, a secondary password. It's, you know, all everything that they're talking about being the main way to identify you, you would have to have a second in case you change your phone number, in case you do all of this to be able to get to get into your accounts. That way you could change back to the new number that you have, the new device that you have. So that would be a huge, huge pain in the butt to me. I'm sorry. It just really and truly would. Because when I got hacked in 2019, this was one of the things that annoyed me the most, having to go through every single account that I created every single one, whether I used it in the last two years or not, it didn't matter. If it was email, banking, anything, anything and everything that I had to, that I created, I had to go back and double check my address, my phone number, change the, the authentications, double up on second factor, the entire, the whole spiel. It was a nightmare. It really and truly was a nightmare to do this. And the only I'm glad that it actually happened to me and not somebody that I know because I was able to recognize it fast enough whenever I was getting hacked to be able to change stuff fast enough so they didn't get to any of my banking, any of my, you know, anything else. So I was able to get on top of it fairly quickly, but I still had to go through and change everything. And I there's st stuff that you sign up for. I do it too. You don't remember what you sign up for, but you just throw your phone number in there and go. And all of that stuff is now vulnerable because somebody else has your phone number or your phone. So this is a huge, huge security thing for me. And just the being the fact that I actually had to go through it, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. I really and truly don't. So I really hope that none, nothing happens to y'all with this. But I can promise you, it is a slog to get all of that fixed. Last thing that I have as far as a negative, sometimes you need a newer device for this to work. Not every device can have an authenticator on it. Not everyone has a fingerprint, uh, fingerprint scanner on it. Or even if you do have a fingerprint scanner, I've had phones where the fingerprint scanner didn't work on the phone out the box. So you didn't have one. So what would you do in that case? There's a lot of different things that could happen with this. And there's a lot more downsides to going password free than there are positives to it, at least in my opinion, at least for the time being. 
Now, like I said earlier, this is kind of something that Google, Microsoft, and Apple are pushing for. I don't think they're necessarily pushing for it to be coming through soon, but it's something that they want to do in the next few years. So even if they want to do this in the next couple of three years, they still have a lot of things to work out as far as, you know, everything that I've laid out already. That's just the start of it. That's just stuff that I can think of off the top of my head. That's not things that, you know, somebody that actually knows the route that the data can take, what issues they can come up with on the backside. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that they're going to have to fix and harden and make sure it's secure before I would even think to do this in real time. So what could you do as far as something other than going passwordless, you know, going password free? One thing is you can do nothing. Do absolutely nothing. Do the exact same thing you're doing now until they actually make you go password free or, you know, change the way you have to log into a website. You know, if you're not comfortable with it, stick with what you know. You know, if you have to change your passwords, make sure everything's good and long and secure. And then just stick with what you, what you know. I have no problem doing that. I'm, I'm actually kind of the, on the fence on that, going that way myself. Because I actually use a password manager. That's the next thing that I was going to talk about. You could use a password manager. One password, last pass, Apple key, you know, all of these things are very good at keeping all of your passwords in one place. When you need them, they're there. You can look them up fairly easily. They all have different apps and things like that on the phones and on your other devices that you can use and, you know, fill in any passwords that you need at any time. So it is a very handy thing to do on top of keeping everything secure, keeping everything within finger's reach when you need it. The other good thing about using a password manager, and granted, 1Password and LastPass, both of those are a yearly subscription. It's only like 35 bucks, which is not terrible considering. But the fact that they have password generators built in. So if you do need to change your password or you want to change it to something that is a lot more complex than you would normally use. And granted, you're not really going to use it all that often. You're not going to have to remember it because it's on the password manager. You can generate a secure password. And I do this a lot. It's, it's very easy. You just basically cut and paste, tell it to generate, and then boom, you're done. It's very quick, very easy, and it's very secure. Now, at the moment, just because you can get a password manager and not have to remember any of your actual passwords, you're still going to need something for second factor authentication, at least for the moment. If you don't want to use text messages, SMS, you know, codes or anything like that, there are a few other options that you can use. You can use Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, Authy. It, these are all authenticator programs that you sign into once and they give you a six digit code that automatically generates, uh, usually every couple of minutes it'll change. So you, anytime you sign in, you look, you go on your phone, find the six digit code, punch it in, boom, you're done. And you're into whatever site you need to get into. Good thing with these is a lot of sites, whenever you do have these set up, they'll have it set up to where you only need to do this like once a week or even once a month. So that way you don't have to do it every single time you log in. You just do it whenever it comes up. And like, like I said, once a month, maybe 
there are some sites that you can set up depending on how secure you want it to be. You might have to do it every time. So I know Microsoft is kind of a stickler about that. They do theirs this way. So anytime you log into the your, your webmail or anything like that, it will ask you a code or it'll actually, you know, if you have the authenticator on your phone, it'll send up a random two digit number, but it'll give you three on the screen and you have to pick the one that comes up on your phone out of the three. So you got a one in three shot, <laughs> but it's kind of weird the way they do that. They have gotten a little bit more away from that and it's kind of gone to a, more of a prompt that just says, hey, are you trying to log in from you know this computer and you just say yes or no and it'll let you through. So they've gotten a little bit better with it. Authy, again, is just kind of that six digit code. Google Authenticator is the same thing, just a six digit code. They're very easy to, to figure out and use. I, I use them a lot. They're, they're really easy to go through and super straightforward. So really and truly, will pa going passwordless or password free become the norm? To be honest, if you have all three of these big tech companies that have their eyes set on this, it probably will. Now, granted, it may not be for a few years. It's not going to be immediate. They're not going to roll out anything like this for at least two to three years because they got a lot of kinks to work out. And then even after they start rolling out the option, they'll probably wait at least another two or three years before they actually make it mandatory. So you're looking at 2026, 2028, maybe before something like this is actually rolled out to be mandatory. So you do have time and you do have you know, the ability to, to do your regular password, just like you normally do. Again, at this point, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Stick with your regular passwords, just make sure they're really good and they're long and that they're not any of these. Coming from CNBC, I do have the top 20 worst passwords. Now, these are the 20 most common passwords that they found doing dark web sweeps. And these are the ones that people are most likely to use and get hacked. So if you have any of these as your password, I'm a, the, the full list will be on the show prep. I'm not going to go through all of them, but just some of the kind of more interesting ones and obvious ones, I will, you know, I'll tell you. But if you want to look at the whole list, it'll be right there on the show prep, downsouthitpodcast.com. And of course, number one, one, two, three, four, five, six. Or number two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So one through nine. Number three is QWERTY. So just the first five, you know, five or six letters on the top of the keyboard. Number four is actual the word password, which if you have that for your password, God help you. And usually most of these are all other strings of numbers, all ones, all, you know, all twos, threes, fours, whatever it happens to be. A lot of those do that. They also have one, two, three, one, two, three, QWERTY, one, two, three. Default, the word default, the number zero, ABC, one, two, three, six, five, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, three, two, one which uh, that one's not quite as obvious, but still for, I'm sure somebody uses it. And I love you all, all lowercase, no spaces, you know, things like that. If you have stuff like that as your password, and again, you can look, see the full list on the show prep, please change your password. 
This is not a list that you want to be on. Trust me on that. But before I go, I'm going to give you a couple of tips on passwords too. Make sure you they're at least eight characters long, have capital and lowercase letters, mixture of letters and numbers, nothing sequential, special characters if they actually let you do that in the password, which is always helpful. Stuff like that will definitely keep things a lot more interesting and make things a lot more secure for you. Because at this point, being safe is the name of the game, right? So thank you all for joining me today. I'm going to go ahead and end it here, just like I always do, paraphrase from Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I love you. I'll see you right back here on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.